2: this show is brought to you in association with lab books just click the link on the description to the show sign up and get a free bet up to 50 pounds when you enter the promo code lad 50 go on do it
0: welcome to heart and hand the rangers podcast the podcast that nobody wants to strip of anything least of all our clothes this week on heart and hand ebts ebts they've all got a EBT. Yeah, thanks for uh, downloading the pod, sorry we weren't here last week, uh, unforeseen circumstances but we're back this week with uh, a, a special pod, we've got well I think it's a special pod, it's actually just a run of the mill pod, don't be fooled by me trying to sell you something that uh, it isn't and speaking of people trying to sell something thats not isn't, uh, there's been a lot of fuss this week in Scottish football over the uh, latest twist in the HMRC saga we spoke to Mark Dingwall, editor of All Follow about that, and Mark will be with us shortly to discuss the follow-up from that, and then we all also spoke because we had a game this week with uh, Stephen Smith, former chairman of the Rangers Supporters Trust. So Stephen will join us a wee bit later to go over the 4 now win against Alloa. Um, apart from that, just uh, it's good to have you all on board. Thank you for continuing to support the pod, and I'll talk to you once we've heard from the boys. So, welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm joined by uh, Mr. Mark Dingwall, almost as suave as Tav. That's your new nickname.
1: I do, of course, have many resemblances to the great man himself.
0: <laughs> that wasn't worth starting again for, frankly, if that was all we're going to get out of it. You gotta the mate. Uh, I suppose, I suppose. So, um, only one place to start this week, Mark. Um, The final, or latest in the EBT saga dragged on when an appeal court declared that the use of them uh, did in fact contravene tax laws and that tax was in fact due on them. Now, of course, it's all academic in terms of any monies being recovered, but what that has done has led to Uh, a cacophony um, of upset from the usual substance, the usual suspect and there's a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth and things like words that aren't accurate, like illegal and cheating are being kicked about. What's your views on it? Well, I'm delighted to see that there are so many people who have uh, appeared
1: to have converted to accepting the verdict of a court because um, they didn't accept the verdict on previous hearings conducted by Judges and tax experts, and, and now they, uh, they they want to they want to accept this one. I wonder if uh, if BDO, um, the liquidators of the of, of the old company, um, will will in fact uh, appeal. And when they appeal, I wonder if they'll be so keen before the verdict to that comes in to accept it, because I think there's a there's a huge amount of hypocrisy uh, been populated in in, uh, in our airwaves waves and. Newspapers over this. Say there was a rush to judgment by by Rangers haters
0: when this first came out. You know, we're supposed to owe ninety million pounds or whatever it was. One hundred and forty-three <laughs> was the was the figure they came up with at the end. That top one. That, that was a top one. So we've seen that swapped it's, its way through. There was nothing. There was nothing like it.
1: Um, but of course, we, all, we already have had a judgment from the uh, from the Scottish Football Authorities. We were told that we didn't need to wait to hear the evidence from tax tribunals. We were told that there would be uh, an independent and final uh, hearing given by uh, Lord Nimmo Smith and his colleagues, and that um, if we didn't like it, we're just going to have to accept it. So we did get a a hearing there, and we were fined the equivalent of £11,000 per season whenever the EBT's were in operation. And in some of those years, you know, tens of millions of pounds were spent in ABDs. So obviously for those um, august gentlemen to, to go through that and find there was only £11,000 worth of, uh, of damage been done, um, you know, I wonder why people who were so keen in a rush to judgment then um, don't want to accept it and haven't wanted to accept numerous other um, learned uh, discussions over this but certainly the one which um, puts the boot into Rangers is the one that they will accept. So, as I say, I think it's um, the Tax Tribunal and uh, the PDO um, appeal, which I presume will come. They'll work their way out. But as far as I'm concerned, and I think as far as the club themselves are concerned, is the, the Lord Nimmo Tribunal. That was, we were told that was going to be a full and final settlement. There's going to be no mucking about it. Um, didn't suit me just to have it then, but you were going to have it. So...
0: That's, that's That's the end of it. Well, there's a few things. I mean, people have been asking me what I thought about it because I didn't go on, you know, Twitter and join in the, uh, much of the, the, the sort of bonfire and explosions that was going on. Okay, here's the things, Mark, I think it's fair to say that you're a right Tory bastard. Is that correct? Never. Yes, I, I think we'd all agree on that, wouldn't we? No. <laughs> right, well, some of it's true. But I'm, you're bleeding that heart lefty, and I, being front, I don't like when anybody tries to avoid paying taxes, right? And I don't care about things like evasion and uh, avoidance and all the rest of it. Um, I know that courts do, and I know that there's legal differences, and we'll come to that. But me personally, I don't like it, and I understand when people don't like it. When it, it, I especially don't like when already rich people earning thousands of pounds try to do this. It offends me. I don't. I don't. Call, I don't care for it. However. If your complaint is a moral thing about these people doing it, then that's okay. But you can't say we are morally outraged at Rangers doing this and then our own players who do this through schemes such as phantom film companies, etc. You can't then go, well, that was all right because they did that individually. If you're upset at people not paying taxes um, for whatever reason or trying to minimise their taxes, then you need to be consistent, but that's what it comes down to. You're not upset. The people who are complaining are not upset about tax avoidance, tax um, minimalisation, any of that stuff. They're, they're basically just looking for something to get into Rangers about. They're starting from an end point, and they always look back the way for evidence. Hence, as you say, why the fact that they, the Lord Memo Smith trial was convened as quickly as it was, because it was supposed to find us guilty, um, and they didn't need to wait for a verdict. Now, as you've mentioned, this is just another in a series of judgments. So it might well be overturned. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you're getting stuff being spouted like, oh, it was illegal, it wasn't illegal. Uh, Rangers weren't cheating. What happened is Rangers looked to minimise their tax. Uh, tax bill, they took tax advice and they then put that in practice they declared that every year the SFA signed off on their accounts so don't tell us that this was something like illegal brown envelopes under the table it wasn't, I understand why the media do it because they're playing to a gallery Um, but but when they're thrown out grossly unfair terms, it's wrong. Now, I wish Rangers had never done EBT's. I wish we'd never heard of the bloody things. But the idea that Rangers haven't been punished is ludicrous, and it is bloodlust. And to non-mental fans of other clubs out there, I assure you we've been punished. I know you don't like us, but trust me, the last five years haven't been fun. right? And if your club had had to go through that, you would have thought you'd been punished. What you're now basically trying to do is say that we hate you so much we're going to punish you to the grave because that's what we want to do and that's okay, if that's what you believe that's fine but for any non-mental, say a Celtic fan last week against Mulder That is your future without us. You're not gonna go and play in England. You're not gonna have a massively competitive SPFL. That's your that's what you've become. You've become a side who can get easily duffed up by the sixth best team in Norway. Because the only thing in our absence that hasn't downsized has been your chairman's salary, your chief executive's bonus. Those are the only things that have stayed the same that we've been away. But, by all means, go and punish rangers, but don't tell us it's a moral thing. Don't tell us it's because you you hate people who do this with taxis. It's because you hate rangers. And just be honest about it. Don't lie to us, and don't pretend that it's a moral question. You wouldn't know morals if it slapped you in the mouth. Well, I think it's the insincerity that gets you, first of all, your, your point about um,
1: your, your various you know, your weird schemes. Involved in, um, say, for instance, uh, finance films. Done on in an individual basis, but it actually happens to include managers, directors, and players. All just happen to sign up to the same to the same kind of scheme with the same purveyors of those schemes. Mm, the, the common the common thread there is Celtic Football Club. Mm-hmm. So we can examine that if we want. But you know what? We ain't crackpots, so most of us don't spend our time hating other clubs more than we love our own. You know that's a particular part of a culture of of a a certain other football club coming back to the um, the ins and outs call me sad if you will but I actually do read the findings of these tribunals when they're published and believe me it's not really a great joy but you do find stuff in them that that actually uh, is is of interest so when people are saying it's this, it's that and the next thing well actually it's not, in many cases yes there are differences of opinion The idea that you can apply common sense to the law is is probably a a new concept that's that's just recently been discovered, because it's not actually what you think it should happen. It's, at the time, was the scheme legal and did it have proper oversight? So, for instance, with Rangers, it was in the accounts of the year, the accounts were audited, but as well as that, the scheme and the operation of it was certified every year by an independent. properly so we're interested in everything by the book if they talk about side letters what is the content of a side letter you know if you actually actually look at the tribunal and uh, an agent writes to the club and says by the way has my guy got uh, an ebt and how do they work by the way big man and they get a letter back saying yes he does have an ebt and this is how they work so the, the idea that there's a side letter the implication is that there were two contracts. There were never two contracts. And if you look, for instance, how they normally work with uh, at, at the end or coming to the end of somebody's um, contracts, look, for instance, with um, uh, with Campbell Localway, then what you found was, right, okay, so you're going, so what we're going to do is we're going to tie up your package to go and part of that's an EBT where, you know, it's entirely legal and uh, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't actually stated exactly what you would be getting, and here it is tying up the loose ends of contracts. That's how it tends to work, you know, because that's the way, isn't it? Is. If, if you look at the if you look at the paper trail, and uh, and if you look at the discussion um, with tax experts, and the judges when they actually give the written findings. Then uh, you know, rangers are rangers are in the clear, as far as I'm concerned. What I think people Light rangers, you know, been intellectually dishonest. They've uh, they've brought in this new uh, concept, which is that everything must be right in every single specific ever over a ten-year period. So you used the, the wrong colour of ink, uh, you signed the document without your your middle names. That's the type of lunacy that we've got into because people are. They just want to have a
0: victim. Yeah. That's what they're fighting for. But then Mark, that's that's what I go back to. It's when people who start off with an opinion and then look back to find evidence for it. And those people are never worth listening to at the best of times. I mean, as I've said before, you mentioned that people who who define themselves by hating something more than loving something, uh, these are inferior humans. These are not people we should be listening to. And yet we allow in the media in this country. Inflame and stoke up the beliefs of these half wits. The fact of the matter is, is that Rangers administered the scheme badly. Rangers tried to be a bit wide, and it's maybe come back to bite them, and they are slightly. But Rangers most certainly didn't cheat. Cheating would have been paying money under the table. Cheating would have been making sure that guys were getting it you know, through back channels. Cheating would not have been declaring to the SFA every year and putting in the contract exactly what was going on. Rangers were given bad tax advice, and trust us, we have paid for that in the intervening years. But it comes now to the ludicrous idea of title stripping. Firstly, as you say, there's no mechanism for it. Secondly, it had already been punished by Lord Nemo Smith. And thirdly, I think for the first time in years, Rangers have a board who would challenge it. But here's something... Chris Sutton, for example, is no friend of Rangers. Martin O'Neill, no friend of Rangers. Both among a plethora of ex-players, in fact I haven't seen an ex-player of Celtic or of any of the other clubs who were were asked, say that, yeah, we would like that stripped and awarded to us. Because when you let the hate strip away from your eyes slightly... We were better than them at football. And you can't win a title 15 years later. It's an absolute nonsense. It's an absolute idiocy. And you have to be slightly twattish to want it in the first place. I don't want one of Celtics titles that they cheated for. I don't want the 89 Scottish Cup final because Roy Aitken stole a throw in. That's the way the cookie crumbles and you're either mature enough to deal with it or culturally you're the type of person who spends their entire life greeting and looking for reasons to justify being a loser and that's what we're seeing here. It comes down the basics of negotiation. If, uh, if an agent
1: says to you that's not enough, you, as, as a club, you have got numerous tools in front of you, you can increase its basics, you can say that uh, we'll put you in a bigger bonus, we can put you in a bigger bonus if we get into Europe, we can Putting a bigger bonus if you win cups so the idea that if, if it wasn't for the EBT's then you know Newman or, or whoever it was that had them wouldn't have come to Rangers it's just a nonsense then secondly does it actually make a past a certain level does it make a material effect on the games role I thought there was an absolute classic um, last week on Facebook where Tom Chapel, Shelton supporters Facebook page said here's an example when when we get beat by, by Motherwell and Rangers played had every single one of them in the Rangers team, and all the subs were on
0: EBTs. And the first response was, "But was Scott McDonald in an EBT?" <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the other thing about that is the players you mentioned, and the ones that I've heard most frequently thrown up by Celtic fans were um, Moles, De Boer, Newman, and Kinchelskis All of whom did receive an EBT. All of whom were already at the club before the club started doing them. Right. As you say, and given the way that David Murray ran up debt, who's to say he wouldn't have put that debt into, you know, he would just have added that into the debt. Or we would have signed slightly fewer players or slightly different ones or done something else. You don't know. Because the fact that Rangers weren't going, we're looking to cheat if we were, we'd have done a far better fucking job of it, I like to think. What Rangers were doing was going, we'd like to minimise our tax liability. And as I say, I'm not going to sit here and tell you which I think is A-OK. I hate it, whether it's Jimmy Carr or whether it's the Celtic players with a with film company. I don't like it. If you're making a lot of money, pay your bloody taxes. That's my view on it. But that's not the law. And you touched on that earlier about we don't get to do what the law we, we think it should be. You know, that's something that I've heard quite a lot of Celtic fans saying this week, saying, ah, well, the law should be that, well, the law isn't. And as you say, here's the thing, this week we've had to put up with this. Didn't hear anything with the previous two appeals, but we've had to put up with this this week. Um, The process is ongoing. If in a year, if this is appealed, and it looks highly likely it will be, if this is appealed and overturned, and the final decision is that the the EBT's didn't breach any rule, do you think that they'll say, ah, well, we'll just all abide by that? discuss it the way we are doing is in some ways to pander to the can because if you look at BVT's in England do you find Spurs fans for instance um, filling the, the airwaves newspaper columns podcasts minutes with ranting and raving about what Arsenal did or fans of other clubs No. The, the problem in Scotland is you have a culture at Celtic football club where there's a significant number I don't know whether it's a minority or a majority sometimes it feels majority of people who are so obsessed by rangers and that there's such a culture of hate that they bang away and bang away and they can set the agenda because the media are terrified of them No, you're absolutely correct. And, and to go back to, to a point I made earlier, as I say, I don't watch Celtic, right very rarely, except uh, occasionally when I, somebody will text me and say, you need to watch them being humiliated in Europe, right? Um, and a wee bit of Freud kicks in and I might turn on. The other night I actually caught the end of the game early because I tuned in for the, um, for the Spurs game, which was on after it, and the Celtic game was still going on. And Malta were looking like Barcelona, There were maybe 25,000 people in the stadium. Celtic were getting humiliated by a team from Norway. And and then they go away and they win 4-1 at the weekend and they're going to stroll with the league title. This is Scottish football. Strip away the idea. stop listening to the Carnival Barkers telling you it's booming. It's not. It's fucked. It's a complete waste of space and it's a joke. Now, if you make Rangers powerless or you get your dream in that there's no more Rangers and there's no more challenge, then this is it. In eternity, And don't tell us, well, we'll be quite happy with that. Because you half-empty stadium and nobody turning up and the sheer panic on your chief executive's face at trying to get bodies into the stadium tells you that they're not happy with it. The league is dying. But if you're too busy trying to worry about what happened 20 years ago over slightly dodgy interpretations of, at the time, legal legal pieces of of, uh, of tax schemes, then we've got a problem. And I do find it tiresome, and I'm sick of having to talk about this shite, because we want to talk about football, and I think you may be telling me about angry this week, and it's because I've enjoyed talking about football for a couple of months. It's been refreshing to just get back to it. And I do wonder if, if Scotland is under the yoke of almost kind of tyrannical football wankers who don't like football, who have so many like political and religious hatreds and hang-ups that they attach to our football clubs. And those of us who just like the fucking sport aren't allowed to just participate in the sport because we've got to, week in, week out, put up with these arseholes waging a battle that's been raging only in their minds for 300 years. And frankly, I'm fucking sick of them. And I don't think I'm alone in that. Well, I think if you, if you look at how it's uh, made
1: uh, And the problem is with one club and and their their monomania, although that monomania can be displayed in in many issues. If you, for instance, listen to uh, the various phone-ins and Scotland, they're dire. If you compare that with Radio 5 or any of the local stations down south, then the quality of questioning, uh, the quality of the presenters, it's all far higher. And that isn't just a function of... Scotland having BBC Scotland having a smaller budget. It's a it's a function of the culture allowing itself to be influenced by an agenda of hate. And it becomes you know, I mean a, a Celtics, for instance, I think between us Rangers and Celtic have won something like eighty percent of all of the trophies that have ever been up for grabs in Scotland. So let's assume that our biggest rivals had actually won all of Rangers' trophies instead. So do you think that only winning 80% of the trophies rather than 40 would satisfy Celtic fans? Do we actually think that they would be happy and that they would say a great wrong has been righted and they would actually start to act normally? No, they wouldn't, because it's that part of their culture that the club is terrified to address, that the more sentient Celtic fans are slightly embarrassed about, um, but it's so widespread that it is very, very difficult. Um, for for a Celtic fan who
0: has got a brain and isn't affected but by, by this one is to challenge because you know, you're know you very much in the minority you will become a target so what most of them do is they shut up about it um, and, and sadly for the rest of us in Scottish football we've got to live with it
1: yeah. you know, so that instead of, instead of being able to, to have normal conversations about football and the governance of it we can't because
0: you've always got the elephant in the room, which is, if they don't like it, there will be hell to be paid. Yeah, and it's all the time, and it's, it's so frustrating for everybody else, nobody's allowed to just get on with their business without this, uh, as you say, this spectre of um, whining, uh, and as you say, noise, and constant, constant... The Celtic FC really are the wee shite in the pub that's going around looking for a Ramy permanently, and it's just tiring. And uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's utterly, utterly tired of it. And it's not all Celtic fans, it's not even the majority of them, but it is a very sizeable minority. And uh, quite frankly, if you're wanting to fight over our titles, you can fuck off, because you're not getting our titles. End of story. Mark, where can people people talk more to more like-minded people on the interwebs?
1: I've no idea, but if they want to have... Uh, pop-ups of the iPhone 7 in there
0: then <laughs> uh, I can heartily recommend forum.followfollow.com <laughs> Oh there speaks a cynical man thank you very much Mark talk to you again soon See you later Master better. Joining me now is uh, esteemed erstwhile former RSC chairman Mr Stephen Smith Smithy how are you? Very good David. How are you? Okay, I'm in a wind tunnel at the moment, so I apologize for any echo that you or the listeners may be hearing at the moment. So Stephen, yeah. you watched us on Saturday. Um, the people have heard yeah. enough enough from me this season about us. What were your thoughts? Uh, I thought it were excellent
2: on Saturday even uh, given the quality of the opposition. Uh, I thought our loss started really well um, and they were a a decent passing side and actually I don't think they're going to finish near the bottom of the league. I suspect they'll be near the top and the bottom but um, I thought we played really well, lost it Um, and got top of the first 15
0: minutes and effectively killed the game off. I thought they were excellent. How important was it to bounce back from, you know, Hibs and the defeat and people starting to say, oh that's the honeymoon over and the shine's off the boss?
2: Well, I think uh, the problem was the, the result rather than the performance uh, last week because we, you know, I thought we deserved at least a point, and arguably all three. Uh, no, I agree with week, that. So yeah. was it? I was really disappointed with that. I thought we had played well, and any other time we could have replayed that game and we'd have got a result out of it eight, seven, or eight times out of ten. So I wasn't really downhearted. I, but I was looking, obviously, for the team to reassert themselves, and to be honest, I thought but it's a lot. But I mean, whole Hall, Halliday, most of our midfield players played really well. I do it before he went off. Like, to be honest, David, I'm really struggling to think of a player that didn't contribute. And Saturday it was really impressive performance. 44,000 crowd as well. You know, it's it's incredible when you consider that. This was the second year in
0: Scottish football. But, one of the biggest crowds in the, the entire country at the weekend. And there actually was 44,000 there. That's the bizarre thing. Mm, I know. Um, no. That was a really interesting thing who... Rather than I Rather
2: than the they Has who, who, ever bought A season ticket Yeah the,
0: An estimated uh, of the, I mean obviously This season who, who are the players That have impressed you The most uh,
2: I think the obvious ones Are Wy- uh, The the two uh, Waghorn uh, And Tavernier uh, both of them have been excellent, and it was it was interesting to see Daverny return to a bit of form. I thought he was a bit off the pace at Easter Road, but there wasn't any sign of that. Again, attacking threat, wonderful free kick. Uh, Why can't you get a performance out of him every single game? He's one of these players. I think that you know, as long as he's fit, you're going to get a performance out of him. Yeah, I mean he, really he, like he,
0: he could have a had eight. eight. Say again, mate? He, he could have had eight on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, he was the amount of chances he was getting in the end of. Uh, t- not so
2: it's, not so, it's not so much. It's not so much as a striker. It's the fact that he plays as, as the manager wants him to, right across the front three, so he can play in any position. And when he gets the ball out on the right, you know he, he uses it intelligently. He's just not. Like he's looking to. He's not looking to just blunter it into the area. You know he, he tries to find a man. He tries to beat a man and get a corner. He plays percentage football. You know he's very strong. Very difficult to knock off the ball. His all-round game is excellent, and um, and I think he's got the kind of game that, that would uh, carry on into a, a higher standard. You know, I could easily see him playing uh, either in Europe or in the top uh, top echelons of Scotland easily.
0: Well, I mean, we forget we've uh, we Vardy <laughs> at one day hopefully. Uh, we forget <laughs> we've but no, he kind of reminds me a bit uh, of. of in that you know there was a Leicester side connection, and you know working hard, a guy that's making the most of what he's got as opposed to maybe being given naturally fantastic gifts. You know a wonderful skill player, but a guy that works really, really hard to make the most of his game. And we forget that he did go for three million quid when you know when when he was at Leicester when he was a kid. You know there was big money spent in this guy, there was potential, and uh, his work his, his work ethic I think is fantastic. And for a guy to have 17 goals already a season, and realistically could have had 40, I think. Shows you the amount of chances That we make On the negative side Gave away a couple of chances Although I hit the bar I mean defensively Is it a worry? Are we liable to get caught out? To be
2: honest it's, uh, it's a number of things David. One, one of them is that That team is a work in progress you know, we're, we're effectively three months effectively three months into a season so it's far from the finished article uh, one of the things that's encouraged me is that the manager has spotted Danny Wilson who I think is a much better player than the one we've actually seen perform for us uh, is, um, is was a weak link and dropped him uh, Kiernan's grown into the role but I think when you play with the full backs as far advanced effectively you're playing them as wing backs so normally you're, you'd, be, you'd be playing a back three to cover that uh, and we don't do that and, we don't, and we all great respect Andy Hardy. who I think is an excellent midfield player he's not a defensive midfield player we need an orthodox defensive mid that will sit and and pair up with the centre halves gives a bit more solidity at the back because we're always going to be open if we lose the ball at the park to teams that are hit on the counter we saw that with St Johnson they played it perfectly they were actually playing for that and, and credit to them they did really really well kept us off a you know, kept us off a pace and off of you know on the back foot of Ibrox. But um I think we are proper defensive mid and everybody thinks that uh, John Eustace will be the man to do that, then I'd like to see us with that kind of player. You know, I would have been nice to see if you know, if if, if we could roll history back and he, somebody like Ian Ferguson or Stuart McCall playing yeah. in front of in front of those be, you know that'd be interesting to see. I
0: think we'd be far more solid. Well, I mean, interestingly, people are talking about Van Gaal at Man United and saying, well, he sorted out defence and uh, Chris Smalling in particular. I hear people saying, oh, Chris Smalling so much better now, and I'm like, well, could it be any to do with the fact that he's got Schweinsteiger and Schneiderlin signed and they both play in front of him now? And you know, and, and it's I, not, I'm not saying that Smalling's not having a great season; he absolutely is. But when you have less to do and you have less last-ditch stuff to do because the guys in front of you are, are offering you protection and, and offering you a screen. I think okay. it's easier. So I have a bit of sympathy for Wilson. Um, Scott doesn't. Scott hates him because he played. He, he was a Celtic fan when he was a kid. So. All right, okay. That's, that's it. Done. Never darken the door. Right, I was going to try and avoid it, but I suppose this week there's no... I mean, I've spoken to Mark about this. Punters have already heard what Mark thought about it. EBT's, the ongoing fallout, um, any attempts at title stripping. What's your thoughts, mate? What's interesting, David, is that there were two previous adjudications
2: on this and neither at, at no point on either of those was there any attempt to redress the wrong that would clearly be done to Rangers, the, the fact that... Up. And yet, with another uh, tier of appeal still to go to the Supreme Court if either BDO or the other party do that, then... Uh, uh, I'm not hearing anything other than the kind of all good we can, you know, uh, financial doping, cheating, etc. When people aren't reading what Nimmo Smith said, Lord Nimmo Smith clearly said Rangers got no sporting advantage. That was a a judicial finding on it. And uh, those who are looking to retrospectively punish the club have missed the boat. That was their time to do it. 2012 is
0: the time to do it. Yep, I absolutely agree. They're they're getting nothing and good for them. Stephen, my friend, thank you very much for joining us and we'll be having you on a lot more regularly this season. David, all the best, keep up with
2: Pod and um, keep the abusive stuff up Particularly, Al we'll, <laughs> always enjoyable we'll to hear that. <laughs>
0: So thanks very much then to Mark and to Stephen. It was great uh, to have them both on the show, especially Stephen. has been far too long since we've had him on the show. If you want to catch up with Mark, you can, of course, go to followfollow.com. And don't be put off by him saying it's all just pop-ups. It is all just pop-ups, but don't be put off by him saying that. Go along and see what you can get from it you can also though if you want to engage in debate you don't need to go to Mark's website uh, several of you might have been banned already and in which case save yourself time by just coming and talking to us, uh, you can go to Heart and Hand on Facebook, just search for Heart and Hand you can follow us on Twitter, ibroxrocks uh, that's R-O-C-K-S at ibroxrocks and you can also email us it's ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk that then is pretty much it from us uh, for this week, as I say sorry about last week, uh, we've had a few things going on in the background that just made it impossible I was away by the time I got back I can get everyone together blah, blah, and yeah so uh, I, I was going to say I wouldn't bore you with it but I bore you with everything else sort of like once a week regularly in fact when I didn't bore you with stuff last week you all complained so there's an international next week normally with have a week off but we'll try and get something out to you even if it's just a mini pod and uh, there, there really won't be in the much of the way of football to talk about but uh, we will seek out as much of it as we can because we get the feeling that you and is pissed off with people talking about everything other than the bloody round spherical thing as we are. Thank you very much then to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Miles, our sound engineer, Mr. Charlie Ashworth. My name is David Edgar. I've enjoyed talking to you and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye.
2: This show is brought to you in association with Lab Books. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up, and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? <gasps> oh a book club! <sighs>